Well, we are uh, in a series, as uh, Christian said, our new pastor, by the way. Woo! Not sure if you caught that the first time around. And we're in a new series called uh, Get Ready for uh, God to Move. And uh, <laughs> I've actually been moving a lot in the last 24 hours, too, throwing up all night. So it's amazing that I'm here. So if I run off the stage, just give me grace. If you're uh, in the front row and I spew, I'll give you free T-shirts, whatever. So <laughs> give me grace, I'll give you free swag. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Anyways, uh, get ready for God to move. We've been talking about that and um, been asking the question in this series, are, are you ready? If, if God is about ready to do something, are you ready? How are you going to be ready to engage with what He's doing? If He is doing something big so that you do not miss what He's up to. And if you're anything like me... Um, and life is often like that video that we just watched. Seriously. Like I'm, I'm tracking down, walking down the hallway, and God is just saying, Andy, just walk down the hallway. I've got my plan. I've got my plan for you. And, and I'm just like, oh, look, a door. You know, and I'm, I'm just so distracted. Anybody distracted in their life? Just walking, walking along, just kind of going through a door, get easily distracted easily from what God is doing. In fact, here's the hilarious part. Yesterday... I'm, I'm writing this message in between uh, bathroom trips. You know, I'm coming back writing the message. And, uh, and, and I'm serious. I'm nailing down this talk, and I'm, I'm physically typing words into this talk. All right? I'm in the midst of it, and I had a major moment like that. I, I, I asked this question. So, you know, I wonder where God's going to move in my life, in my family's life in the next year. Move. Huh. I should probably move that pickaxe that I have in the garage so it doesn't fall over and hit my, my, my motorcycle to scratch it. Ooh, motorcycle. You know, I've been wanting to get new ape hangers for my motorcycle. Oh, look, there they are on Google. Awesome. Hey, look, a guy blogged about how he in installed them on his motorcycle. Check it out. Whoa, it's not as expensive as I thought. I should make a parts list. Make a parts list, start tracking down prices and everything. And then like 45 minutes later, I'm like, man, sermon prep is taking forever. Anybody like that? So easily distracted, right? Even when I'm writing this thing. And uh, that's me. I, I've, I've got a problem. Um, uh, you know, and I, uh, spiritual attention deficit disorder. Anybody got that? And I've, I've never been, you know, diagnosed ADD. I'm sure that I am ADD, D, D, H, 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 D, and a few other letters on that times two. That, that's me. And, and that translates over to my spiritual, my spiritual walk, too. God is saying, Andy, go this direction. Okay. What are we talking about? You know, <laughs> sir, sir, I can't remember. What, what are you telling me to do? Where, where am I supposed to go? I'm like that guy in the video. I get distracted. And I get distracted by the things that are on the left of my life and the things that are on the, the right of my life. And, and God is saying, follow my plan. Engage. I've got a plan for you. I'm like, yeah, well, it, there's a big L over there. I've got to go check it out. Follow my plan. But there's a big R over here. I, I, there are things that are distracting, that are pulling from me. One of the greatest uh, st uh, strategic business books of the last five years is called Good to Great by Jim Collins. I just Anybody read that in here? Yeah, it's a pretty good showing, right? Good to Great. It's probably one of the, the best strategic business books on leadership and uh, organizing your organization, you know, and, and structuring. It's fantastic. It's written by Jim Collins. And this guy is a brain. And yet, his own admission, he goes, man, I'm just so easily distracted. I'm writing a book, and I'm like, there's a butterfly. And, he, and he's suddenly off. He's so distracted. A brilliant man can't even pay attention. And some things in our life, spiritually speaking, are like little butterflies, right? I, I'm just laziness. 
or disengaging from God. There are other things in our life that are like ginormous pterodactyls that come down and distract us. Right? Things that are huge, that just totally, these pitfalls off to the left and off to the right that just completely dis- derail us. Like financial pressure. That's a big one. Man, last couple days, anybody just been glued to the stock market? That's enough to derail you right there. Just uh, being obsessed with that, just totally involved in the anxiety and the stress, or I- even in relationships, or in your business, or, or whatever it is. Maybe it's just personal sin that you're struggling with that totally derails you, sidetracks you, and suddenly I'm not even doing God's plan anymore because I'm off in left field. I'm, solely, I'm totally distracted. I'm doing my own thing. I'm derailed. Well, here's the good news. The good news is, I am certain that God knew this was going to be a problem with us. I know, I know it. It's all throughout his word. He knew that you and I were going to struggle with this, this spiritual deficit disorder, you know, that, that we would have a hard time paying attention and being ready when his plan is put into action, that we would, we would be off to the right or off to the left, snatching, uh, things, snatching our eyes off of God. I think he knew that. Yet, uh, that we would have this hard time. And so fortunately, he has left us with a lot of instruction in his word on, and, and insights on how to follow him without falling off to the left and falling off to the right. And so this morning, we're going to answer this question. So if, if that's the case, if this, is, if this is really hard to do, to really stay right focused on God's plan, if this is a hard thing to do, how do I know what his plan is? How do I walk in that plan and engage with what God has for me in my life around me, in K2, how do I engage with that and stay focused on God? And so we've been working through uh, Joshua chapter 1. And uh, last week we talked about being strong and courageous. This week we're going to kind of tag this, worshiping in spirit and truth. So check this out, Joshua chapter 1. We're going to pick it up. We read verses 1 through 6 last week. We're going to cover verses 7 through 9 this week and see this next step that God is challenging Joshua to on engaging God's plan, being ready when God moves. Starting in verse 7, here's what he says. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my service Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8. Do not let the book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is very interesting here. Because if I were to summarize and just kind of just make some observations off of these three verses here. This is something very fascinating surfaces here. In verses 7 and 8, if I were to summarize, it would be like this. Joshua, follow my truth. Follow what I have. You've got wor- to walk in my word. Walk in my word. It's my truth. And then in verse 9, he says, and you need to walk with me. Walk in my spirit. So Joshua, follow in my, in, my, in my truth, and follow in my spirit. And, and maybe that sounds familiar to you. Because eons later, Jesus talked about this, thousands of year, a thousand years later in, in John chapter 4, verse 23. And here's what Jesus said. He was hanging out with a woman at the well, and he says these words right here. 
John chapter 4. He said, a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in what? In spirit and in, in truth. True worshipers are going are gonna to worship me in spirit and in truth, for they're the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. What Jesus is saying here in John 4, he's saying, if you want to know who a true follower of Jesus Christ is, if you want to know who a true worshiper of the Father is, then you look and see, are they worshiping in, in spirit and in truth? Now, now, what does that mean? We've got to unpack some of these words here and start to understand what, what's being written here. First, when it starts with the word worship, what does it mean to, to worship? Generally, you and I as Westerners kind of have a skewed probably view of that a little bit. We kind of think worshiping is maybe what we're doing right now, right? It's the whole church thing. It's the band. It's coming to K2. It's a Sunday morning experience. Generally, that's what we, what we equate worship with. But when the Bible talks about worship, it's talking about the sum total of our lives being an act of praise to God. That the sum total of our life gives Him glory and honor. That all that I am... Every breath that I take, uh, my days, every, my schedule, everything of who I am is designed and given as worship, as praise, as adoration back to God. So, so it really doesn't actually matter where we worship, right? It, the where isn't important. It's, it's how you and I worship Him that's important. So Jesus is saying, your life, your life should be an act of worship in spirit and in truth. And this word in spirit here literally means, uh, it's referring to this, this human spirit that we have, this, this immaterial inner being that we have, this God-breathed, this entity inside of us that corresponds to the nature of God himself. What he's saying is true worshipers then relate your spirit, relating to my spirit, my spirit, my Holy Spirit in you. There's something relational going on here. We're worshiping in spirit. You are a spiritual being. My spirit is in you. Worship me in spirit. And then the second part of that in John chapter 4, 23, says, Worship me in spirit and truth. This phrase, in truth, could be translated literally in a true way. How are we to worship? In, in, in a real true way. It's not just simply agreeing to a concept or a set of facts or, or just kind of, you know, signing off and checking the boxes on some facts. You get, the, you get the, the, the feeling here is that it's rather living in a way of truth, which means soaking in the truth of who God is and what he's telling us. Literally getting into it, allowing this truth to transform my life. Allowing it to transform your life. And so... Many, many, many moons earlier, God is telling Joshua, Joshua, follow me, worship me, walk with me in spirit and in truth. And Jesus said in the, in the New Testament, true worshipers will follow, will walk, will worship, will live in spirit and in truth. Go back to verse 7 of Joshua chapter 1 here. And let's pick this up starting with the truth aspect. God says to Joshua here, he says, Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave to you. Don't turn from, from it. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. That you may be successful wherever you go. And so at this point, 
Joshua knew where he was supposed to go. Because we, we talked about that last week, remember? We talked about in verses 1 through 6 that, that, that God gave Joshua some instruction. And, and he said, Joshua, you've, you've got to cross the river. Go, cross the Jordan River. And then on the other side of the Jordan River, wherever you go, wherever your, your foot lands, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you that land. So go, go for it. And in verse 6, last week, we talked about this, that, that God said to him, be strong. Joshua, be courageous. Why? Because there was three things we pointed out. Why, Joshua, can you be strong and courageous? Well, because God has a plan. It's God's plan. It's not my plan. It's God's plan. And then God says, and you have my presence. In other words, you're not going alone. And then he said, not only do you have my plan and my presence, you have my, anybody remember? Provisions. You've got my provisions. Every resource that I have as God, Joshua, it's yours. It's yours. So be strong and courageous. Now, notice what he says here in verse 7 as we start off here. What's he say? Again, because he just said it one verse earlier, be strong and courageous. But now here in verse 7, he says, be strong and what? Very courageous. Okay, wait a minute. Anytime the Bible mentions things like more than once, you have to go, ah, why is this being, did God forget where he was? You know, is he uh, memory lapse? What's going on here? Why is he saying it twice? And he actually ends up saying it three times in the next couple of verses here. Three, why? Not just strong and courageous. Joshua, very strong. Be very, be very courageous. You get the sense that, that maybe Joshua was being pulled, R, even though it's on my left side, or to the right or to the left, right? You get the sense that maybe Joshua was in this internal struggle. He's having this conversation with God. Maybe, maybe it's because he's, again, very fearful. He knows what God's plan is, cross the Jordan River. Okay, but I'm still kind of scared. I'm going to give you all the land. I know, but that means battle. You know, that means leading people. That means Moses is dead, and suddenly I've, I've got to be, be the guy. That's scary. It's uncertain. So God comes back and says, be very, very, very courageous. Do not. Joshua, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. This is my plan. Follow my plan. Don't get distracted. Be strong. Be courageous. And then this is where it comes in where he says, and Joshua, walk, worship in my truth. How do I follow this God's plan? In truth. Check this out in verse 7. Be careful. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Don't let the book of law depart from your mouth. What are you supposed to do with it? Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. God says, Joshua, when it comes to walking in truth, when it comes to following my plan, walking in truth, give it all you've got. Give it every ounce of who you are, all your heart, all your soul. Don't get distracted so that you can make sure to get to where I'm going. Walk in truth. Maybe Joshua was asking this at the moment. How do I, how do, I do that, God? <laughs> how do I walk in truth? How, how, do I, how do I know this plan? What does this mean to walk in truth? Well, God goes on to say two things to Joshua when it comes to this walking in truth. And here's what he says. First, I'm going back to uh, verse, uh, verse 7 here. Don't let my words, meaning the, the book of the law, the Bible, God's love letter to us, don't let my words depart from your mouth. And here's the, the key word right here. 
meditate on it day and night. That word meditate, is, is, isn't it kind of mystical? It's like, man, what is that really, what, just, um, do I, you know, do I, what do I really do? Uh, do I just sit with it? What, what does it mean? This word meditate means to, to absorb, to soak, to study. Joshua, if it's rolling off your lips, then it's in your heart, then it's in your mind. Study it. Know the truth of what's written in God's word in the book of the law. Don't depart from it. It's my love letter to you. It's everything that I've written about who you are. Get it. Get that, Joshua. Put that in you. Store it up in you because when my plan is acting, when I've got a plan, when, you're, when I'm moving and you're joining me with that, you're going to be ready because you're already walking in truth. You're already walking in the truth. Man, I had a, I had a birthday. It was a hard birthday. <laughs> I turned 35, and I don't know what it was, but 35 was this weird mile marker for me. Yeah, some of you guys are here like, whatever, whatever. Oh, let me cry a little tear, you know. And, and I know, but when you were 35, you felt the same way. It was this mile marker. Maybe it was 30 for you. I went out at 30 and I got a tattoo. It didn't work. Uh, 35, I'm just like, forget it. Forget it. Whatever. But uh, I got a really amazing gift. Uh, and by the way, if you didn't give me a gift, I'm still registered at REI, so it's not too late. Um, feels a little forward, but, you know. I got, I got a really amazing gift from my wife. And it's, I've been carrying it around, actually, for, for a little over a month now. And I've probably taking it out of my briefcase at least a dozen times. And um, this is what she gave me. I love you. Je ma, I can't speak French. What is that? Je t'aime Yes, that's what you say. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Uh, and a bunch of other languages here on I love you. And, then, and that's nice. I'm like, man, that's awesome. Um, and we, we, did, we made a decision that we wouldn't give each other gifts this year. Because we're, we're going to actually, we're going to go out, uh, her birthday is this month, and so we're going to go out and spend time together and, and get away for a night. So that was kind of our gift to each other. So she handed me this card, and um, you open it up, and it's 35 things that she prayed and she thought about for a long time of who I am. She entitled, 35 Reasons I Love You. I like number two, you're clever. <laughs> I love how quickly you can make me laugh about anything. Number three, you're a great daddy. Our girls beam when they're with you. You're the kind of man they want to marry. You're passionate. When you put your mind to something, you go after it 100%. You're honest. You're a great leader. You don't take a backseat role in raising our children. You go after it. And she went on and on and on and on. <sighs> That's a keeper. I told her this morning that I was gonna, I was gonna talk about it, and I told her I, I don't think you know this, Beth, but I've, I've been pulling it out a ton. She goes, "Really?" <laughs> like, yeah, I've been reading this thing. It's the best. It's probably the best gift I ever got. And it reminds me who I am. I mean, that fills me up. It reminds me that when Fridays are tough and Mondays are ugly, <laughs> and Wednesday's the hum- Wednesday's the hump day in between all the junk that I'm deeply loved and that I'm deeply sought after by some, some, a woman who just wants to give her life away to this marriage and, and that wants me and that somewhere along the line I'm hitting the mark as a father. And, and according to the ga- that, and I asked her, I'm like, is this, is this really true? You know, <laughs> According to this, that, that I'm hitting the mark more than I know, I guess. 
here's the point. As great as a letter as this is, and as cherished as it will always be to me, it doesn't hold a candle. It's not even in the same category. And I already apologized to Beth this morning. I'm like, I'm going to say a statement, and, and this is it. It doesn't even compare. It doesn't, it doesn't even come close, even, even as a percentage point, as to how God feels about me and everything that he has written about me and you and his love that has, has crossed the entire universe, his son dying for you and for me in his love letter, his word. It, 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 this, this card doesn't even come close to everything I can learn and walk in the truth and worship in the truth that God tells me in his word. And so when he says to Joshua, take my truth and put it into your heart. Let it be on your lips. Don't let it depart. Don't turn from the, the right or the left. Follow my truth. When he says that, it reminds me, it reminds Joshua, it reminds you of our status in God. It reminds me of, 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 of who God is. It reminds me of who I am in his word. It reminds me of what he's done for me. It's the truth. It's the plumb line. It's priceless. So how can I be ready when God moves? How can you and I engage this plan when God has this plan for our life and not fall off to the right or to the left? He says right here in Joshua chapter 1, meditate on it. Meditate on it. Soak in it. Absorb it. Do not allow it to depart from your heart. We were going we're gonna to provide you tons of opportunities at K2 to do that. I, I don't want any one of you in here to miss God's letter for you. I, I, I want truth to reign here at K2. And so one of the ways that we have, we've done that is we've encouraged you in the past to, to pick up one of these journals. We call it the Soap Journal. Back in March, I think it was the 3rd or 2nd of March, it was a Sunday, uh, uh, Dave gave a whole entire sermon on, on this thing. You can find it online. Getting God into our lives through His Word was the name of the, 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 uh, the talk he gave. In the soap journal, it's, you actually kind of feel a little ripped off when you buy it because this is what every page looks like. It's blank. You're like, son of a gun. Like, I paid, you know, five bucks for that. But really what this is is you're doing the writing. You're taking God's word. You're absorbing it, and you're committing it every single day to paper. You're journaling his love for you. So I'd encourage you to grab a soap journal. There's tons of them out there. We also have another opportunity coming up for you called K2U, the U standing for university. K2 University is starting on October 29th. You can sign up today out in the lobby. K2 University is going to teach you the next steps of dissecting God's word, going through the book of Ephesians, dissecting it, chowing it, eating it, just really absorbing it, soaking in it. If you're looking for, for ways to do that, to, to learn, to know how to do that, you've got to check that out. We've also got message groups. I, I encourage you a lot that don't let the conversation end on Sunday. You've heard me say that. Let it go all week. Conversate with God on what we're talking about here on K2 on Sundays. Let it take root in your life. One of the best ways to do that is through a message group. There's lots of them offered, and you'll find it in the, the, the Life Together Guide. Mary Goldring, she'll hook you up with one. and It's a place to come together and talk about the message on Sunday morning and let that take root. There's also all kinds of other Life Together groups for, for students and college and, and singles and marrieds and people with kids and people don't like kids and all kinds of different stuff. There's all kinds of opportunities for you to connect and to absorb and to meditate and to get God's truth into your life. I've got to meditate. I've got to get it in me. 
But then God goes on in Joshua chapter 1, in verse 8, to add another step. Just, just, it's not enough, Joshua, to just simply hear. It's not enough, Joshua, to just simply read or to simply to, to admire the word or to, to just you know, get in the truth. That's, that's good, but it's not simply enough. He says there's one more thing here. Verse 8, look at it with me here on the screen. He says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, Joshua. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to what? To do. Joshua, you've got to do it. You've got to do everything written in it. How do I keep from turning to the, the, the right or turning from the left and, and staying with God's plan? How do I do that? How do I follow God's plan? It starts by meditating on God's plan, absorbing it, and then doing it. That's the part of worshiping God in truth, that I understand His truth, that I meditate on it, and then I put it into action in my life, meaning I apply it to my life. I start doing the principles that I find written in His truth. Jesus spoke about this. He expanded on this in, in John chapter 8, verse 31, and I like the word picture here. That's why I'm throwing this verse up here. These words that Jesus chose are very important. He says this, to the Jew who had believed in Him, Jesus said, if you, and here it is, if you hold to my teaching, interesting, if you hold to my teaching, then you are my disciples, you're really my disciples, verse 32, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I love this phrase here, hold to my teaching. Jesus says, hold to it. Translated literally means to abide, and you can also use the word remain. Isn't that cool? How are we supposed to, to, to worship and walk in truth? To abide, to remain in it, to let it take root in our lives, to make it a part of our lives, to take action on God's word, not to just simply read it, to do it, to do what it says. A great example of this, and this is a long passage, but I'm going to read through it really quickly here. great example of this type of living is found in Galatians 5. Paul says, man, okay, this is, this is the truth right here. This is the truth of how we are to live. This is what we're supposed to do. Putting, putting God's word into action looks like this, Galatians 5, 19. When you follow the desires, desires of your sinful, sinful nature, that means going off to the right or going off to the left, when, when, I, when I'm sidetracked to my sinful desires, my sinful nature, when you do that, when you follow those desire, uh, desires, your lives will produce these evil results. And then he has a great list. And the list says this. Spiritual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for, for, for lustful pleasures, idolatry, participation in demonic activities, hostility, courting, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, division, the feeling that everyone is wrong except for those in your own little group. Verse 21. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living in this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but, aren't you so glad there's a but? I am. Because that's bad news. What would you read today? Uh, pretty much just verse 20 and 21. I feel awful. Great. It's encouraging. Verse 22, but, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce the kind of fruit in us. When the truth takes root in our lives, when we worship and when we walk in truth and it grows in our life, this is what he says you can expect. Love and joy and peace and kindness, whoops, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, self-control. Here, there is no conflict with the law. So if I'm doing those things, the word says, then his plan gets done. That I'm in his plan. I'm joining him, engaging with him on these plans. But when I lash out at you, and when I'm doing those things, when I follow my sinful nature, then I'm killing his plan. I'm missing his plan when I'm off to the left or off to the right because I'm detouring on my own. Abide in me, he says. Remain in me. The result in verse 8 is this. I love this. Check out verse 8 at the very end. He said, if you meditate, if you do what the truth says, then you will be prosperous and successful. And in God's economy, being prosperous and successful means that he, his will, is at the center of my life. It's his plan, not my plan. Well, there's one last verse. We have to tag it up really quickly here. It's verse 9. He says, walk, worship in truth. And then he goes on to tell Joshua, and do it in spirit to you. Verse 9. I like this. It's kind of a question. <laughs> Have I not commanded you? Joshua, did, did we cover this? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. There it is again for a third time. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is very, very awesome right here. This is almost like this personal moment, this personal exchange between Joshua and God. As they talk here, and imagine yourself being the recipient of that. God is saying, I've already told you. I have told you again and again, Joshua. I've impressed upon your heart what it is that you're supposed to do. Joshua, go and just know that I go with you, that it's the two of us, our spirits connecting. I'm connecting with you. Relationship, I go with you. Walk in my spirit. And notice in verse 9 here that we just read here. Who, the question is, what's leading Joshua? What's leading Joshua in verse 9? Is it the law? Is it God's word? No. It's God leading Joshua. Walking in spirit. He says, Joshua, walk in my truth. And then walk in my spirit. God is leading Joshua walking with him. This is very cool. When we walk in truth, we start to understand how to do it in our life. When we apply God's word to our life, we live and absorb it and bring it into action. But there's a whole other side of this, and that is walking in spirit, worshiping in spirit. Have you had those moments? We call them promptings, leadings, a couple weeks ago, I shared with you one of those promptings from the Holy Spirit. Remember the uh, motorcycle in the parking lot? Hey, Andy, go talk to those guys. No, I don't want to. Okay, I will. Do you have those promptings where God says, have this conversation, go to this place, engage with this person? These leadings, His Holy Spirit leading you, guiding you. It's not the Word. The Word is good. It takes root in my life, but it's God leading me. The Holy Spirit, when I come to faith in, in God through Jesus Christ, I'm given the Holy Spirit to guide me, to lead me. It's one of the only reasons we're, we're here at K2. Is that on a Sunday night, Beth and I literally felt the Holy Spirit come into our, our living room and tell us, you got to plant a church. you got to join K2. I didn't hear a voice audible. I didn't read it in in the Old Testament and just flip and go, oh, start K2. I didn't read that in the, in the truth. 
God impressed it upon my heart. More times than I can remember, God nudges me. He prompts me. Recently, I've been prompted at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's a tiny little prompt, but I wake up out of a dead sleep. And this has been happening a lot in the last couple of weeks. At 6 o'clock in the morning, I hear a voice say, hey, come spend time with me. And I look over to Beth, and she's asleep, so it's not her. <laughs> and I try to ignore it. And the voice says, hey, come spend time with me. Walking in spirit, walking in truth. We came across a fantastic story of this right here in K2, of what it really means to walk in the Spirit, to follow those promptings, those nudgings of our hearts connecting with God's heart and obeying that. Check this out. In 1987, I was uh, heading back from, from Pella, Iowa, and uh, heading back to, to our home, and uh, I came on a construction site, and there was a, a, a flag woman up ahead, and just as I spotted her, it just seemed like the Holy Spirit laid on my heart, uh, encouraged this woman. And so I drove up there and put my window down and I asked her, I said, how's your day going? And she said, uh, pretty good. And I said, really? I said, how's it really going? And she said, not very good. She said, I'm going through a tough time. And uh, I said, well, I, wa I just want to encourage you today. Uh, I said, you know, I kind of struggled for words, I guess. And I said, uh, I said, the Lord has a plan for your life. And then what I did is I, uh, I went, got out of my car and went to the trunk and picked up a copy of the book, um, Us Four. It's a book about our family and how the Lord led us through a difficult time with our handicapped son. And I, um, I just signed the book and I had written in there Psalm 139, 16, which said uh, that before we had formed in our mother's womb, all the days ordained for us were written in your book before one of them came to be. And, uh, and with that, I told her um, to have a good day, and I said I'd be praying for her, and, and so I went on my way. weeks ago I was in Haywarden, Iowa on a Sunday evening preaching at a Sunday service and we walked up to the church, the pastor and his wife and myself and, and this late, a lady was standing there. She turned to me and she said, you're Mike Benning, aren't you? And I said, yes I am. And she says, you don't remember me, do you? And I said, no, I don't. And, and she said, you talked to me 21 years ago, almost to the date, it's to the month. And she said, uh, she said, it was a conversation that changed my life. She said, I was working a construction site. I was a flag person for a construction company. And you stopped and you encouraged me. And that's when I remembered. She said, I have told this story of, of our meeting a gazillion times. And she said, uh, a couple of weeks ago, 
She said, I was working with somebody in Sioux Center, Iowa, and I said to the lady next to me, I told her the story, and that's, that lady said, well, I know Mike Menning. And, and she, the lady she talked to is Jan Bronze. So she wrote me a letter, sent it to our address in Rock Valley, Iowa, and, and uh, she got the letter back, and it said, address, forwarding address unknown. Uh, a couple weeks later, she uh, told Jan again, she says, I got my letter back. And Jan said, I just read in the Sioux County paper that Mike is gonna be preaching in the Haywarden Church on Sunday evening. And so she said, that's why I came. I just wanted to come and say thank you. And she gave me the letter. I didn't open it until after the service. And, and the letter talked about some things of the difficulties she went through in life. But she also knew that God was with her and that God had a plan for her life. And she totally committed her life to the Lord. And her family uh, is committed to the Lord to this day. So an experience like this really uh, gives me encouragement that whatever I do in life uh, might affect other people. I think when the Holy Spirit prompts me to do something, really when you think about it, it doesn't take that much effort, it doesn't take that much time. We don't have to always do big things to affect people. It's those tiny little things in life that affect people in a big way. God has blessed me in a special way now to confirm what I did at that time. And so you can be assured I'll be, uh, I'll be listening to those promptings uh, for the rest of my life. Is Mike here today? No. He's preaching in Iowa. How fitting is that? Make sure you thank him for us. Mike Minning, what a, what a great friend. What a faithful servant of the Lord. What a great example of following the promptings of God. Last week, God said to Joshua, be strong, be courageous. Why? I've got a plan. I've got provisions for you. I've got my presence. And this week, God said to Joshua, walk in the truth of who I am. Worship me in that. Walk in my spirit. Worship me in spirit. And I think that's the challenge for Kate too. For some of you, you might be feeling like, man, I, I've not spent any time in the, in, the, in, in the truth, and I don't really know how to get the truth. Again, fantastic soap journals out there. Again, great, great opportunities of K2 University and, and uh, message groups and life groups. It will help you connect with other people. We, we want you to know how to do it. You've got to soak in it. You've got to meditate on it. You've got to do it. And for some of you, you might be saying, I, I got that down. <laughs> I'm checking that box. And the challenge for you today might be, and how do I follow and worship and walk in the Spirit? And I think it starts today with you and I saying, God, whatever it is that you want to do in my life, whatever it is that your plan, I'm going to engage in that. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be active. I'm going to be listening and seeking out your guidance, your nudges, your promptings. I'm going to be available for that. And part of that might be identifying what those distractions are on the right and those distractions are on the left. Like Joshua, his was fear. 
Identifying what those distractions are today, this morning, that keeps you from walking in the Spirit, in engaging with God when He wants to use you. I don't ever want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to ever have it said about me that Andy Marshall wasn't available. I don't ever want God to, to look for someone else because I'm not ready to engage in His plan. And prosperity and success in God's economy is His plan, His will at the center of my life, not mine. And band, why don't you guys come on up. We're going to end today as we go into worship. I just I want to read to you some thoughts from St. Patrick. I've learned a lot about him recently that he has more to do with a lot of different other topics rather than just green beer on St. Patrick's Day. Um, I've really identified with him. He was a man who, who knew what the truth was about God. He was a man who, who knew what it meant to walk in spirit and worship God in spirit and truth. In 30 years, in 30 years of his uh, service to God, he had the opportunity to be a part with his band of brothers, be a part of over 500 church plants. I don't understand that. Like, I don't get that. We, we've done one. We're looking at a couple more. 500. They called him the Monacus Bellator. Latin, God's warrior monk. Isn't that awesome? The Monacus Bellator. And it's said about him that he would, uh, he would wake up and in the mornings he would recite a prayer. It was his prayer. And as we go into worship, I want to read this to you. Patrick said this, I arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through a belief in the threeness, through confession of the oneness of the creator of creation. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guide me, God's way to lie before me, God's shield to protect me, God's host to save me from the snares of the devil, from temptation of vices, from everyone who desires me ill, afar in an ear, alone or in a multitude. Christ with me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ in me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ on my right. Christ on my left. Christ when I lie down. Christ when I sit down. Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me. Christ in the mouth of every man who speaks of me. Christ in the eye that sees me. Christ in the ear that hears me. That's a man that knew how to walk in truth. The truth, not that he concocted, the truth of God. That's a man that knew how to walk in the Spirit, giving up what he, he had, his plans, his will, his desire to follow God.
Would you stand with me and let's worship this God. Let's worship in spirit and truth today. This God who has a plan is asking for us to move with him.